Life in New York, first Ask Engineer 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. It's Ask This Engineer. Yeah, we're back. Ask Engineer broadcasting live from downtown Manhattan. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer with me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. Another year. Uh, break time's over, bitches. It's time to do electronics. The next hour, you're going to hear ranting, new product videos, <laughs> another way, <one>, maybe. <laughs> Um, I'm your Uber driver. Get in. <laughs> Wait, uh, help me look for my dog. Tutorials, <laughs> videos, and more. Uh, we're kind of we're starting the year off a little bit slow, but still we're getting we got stuff going on. Even some it's not out yet, uh, and uh, yeah. a whole bunch of preview vids. So come on by. We're uh, broadcasting on what like Instagram, YouTube, we're everywhere, Twitch, all the places. And uh, the best place though, if you want to ask questions or do stuff, we get to those at the end. But uh, we also do some real time is in Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, discord.gg slash adafruit. We'll go over that soon. But uh, let's, yeah, uh, let's kick it. it off and tell you what's on tonight's show. On tonight's show, the code is TPS Boost, 10% off an Adafruit store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern time, or when I remember to turn off the code, that gets you 10% off anything in stock. And we only ship the things that we have in stock. That's why when you order something from us, it ships. Usually within wow. a few hours or, you know, the next morning. Maybe a day, it's a yeah. night. Um, use it or lose it. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff in stock. Time travel. We're going to take a look around at makers, hackers, artists, engineers. We got some news, some Adabox updates, and more. We're going to talk about live shows, including show and tell, which we just did. A little bit of JP product uh, pick of the week recap. Uh, we're going to be talking about some open source hardware news. We saw an interesting article about Arduino and counterfeits and clones and manufacturing around the world. We'll talk about that. And we'll also go over some of our open source hardware designs from the Adafruit learning system and more. We got some main New York City factory footage. We got a 3D printing recap from 2023. And we also have a speed up. We're going to do some Ion NPI that's brought to you by DigiKey this week. It's Microchip. Thank you, DigiKey, for making those possible. We've got a bunch of top secret this week. We've been doing a bunch. So you can watch some of the things that are about to go into the store play those videos and we have also have a couple designs we'll share with you we've got some new products we'll answer your questions we did that on discord don't forget it slash discord i already have a um question lined up that folks asked us so i got that but feel free to put them in there and then you can also post them at the end all that and more you guessed it dun, dun. ask an engineer okay in yeah. addition to the code tbs boost we have free stuff later what do we get Oh, we still have our freebies, $99 or more. You get this beautiful PCB coaster with a gold Adafruit design on it and four little bumpers so it won't scratch your desk. We also have still the KB2040, a lovely Pro Micro, micro Pinout compatible microcontroller board with the RP2040 chip, eight megabytes of uh, flash memory, a STEMIQT QT port, two buttons, NeoPixel, and uh, castellated pads. We've also got free UPS ground shipping on orders $199 or more. And lastly, still $299 or more, you will get a Circuit Playground Express or all-in-one microcontroller board with the SAMD21. That's from Microchip, which is INPI uh, sponsor this week. Lots of LED sensors, buttons, piezos, capacitive touchpads, and more. Okay, uh, let's just kick it off. Time travel. So we just go over some news and stuff. Yeah. Move through time. Do, 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 do. Time traveling. Their time. Air of time. Can't unbreak it. Entropy. Air of time. Okay. Uh, happy 2024 from Adafruit. We have a bunch of kind of recaps and more. Do check our site. But I guess the biggest news that we want to mention is we did it. We were able to ship some Ada boxes. Yes. Down to the wire at the end of 2023. So thank you, everyone who got back to us. We did a very limited run because we had to turn on this machinery from post chip shortage. Um, thousands of thousands of Ada boxes go out. We needed to make sure we can get the parts rolling. Lots of redesigns. You're up to like 600 plus redesigns already. 608 and out of 630. Yeah. So we're really getting to the end. So um, what we did was the folks that subscribed to Ada box from the very beginning and have stayed with us, um, we contacted a group of those folks and we said, hey, we have an Ada box for you. Just can you update your shipping and payment information? Also, here's a link to our Adabox information on our website, because we understand all there is is like phishing attacks and everything, and everyone 
pretends to be someone. It is With a, a rough and tumble world out there. So um, yeah, so we were able to get, you know, our limited number. And if you go to adabox.com, you can see where we have our updates. So we have our December 19th update. Good news. We were able to ship some of these. We have an updated video where we talk about this. You can still sign up for when we get through this next batch. Uh, we're able to ship more. We just have to, of course, get all these things together. Everyone's getting back from holiday break. We'll be shipping out a bunch. We can't tell you what place you are in the line. Um, we want to not do that. Um, but we will make sure you get an email and you can update your payment information. We hope to get through these as fast as possible. And then we're on to the next data box. And then we have a bunch of more subscription style things going. But this is a big year for us with getting started. So if you have any questions about it, you can always email supportedatafruit.com. Um, the best thing to do if you're an Adabox subscriber is just log into your account when you can and just make sure your um, shipping address is current and your payment information is current because um, what we do is we don't charge until we ship these. So when we do, and even if we do um, have your Adabox come up and one of those things is not correct, like your shipping address is invalid now and maybe your payment information um, has expired, um, we'll still give you a chance, of course, to update it. But why go through the way more often? And get ahead of it. Do now. So that is Lost your teeth. news. Yeah, to all those things. Okay. Um, next up, we do a bunch of live shows. What's funny is uh, we had someone who came by and they're like, oh my gosh, you're still doing show and tell. And I think the last time I saw them was like 10 years ago. We've been doing this for a decade. So we do a live show and uh, show and tell was this week. We kicked it off in the new year. A few folks came by. Jeff Jepler had resin keycaps and more. We also... I also talked briefly about some uh, open source digital camera things, the Memento. But check out Jeff's resin keycaps as Jeff has explored building and making all these things. Mark G stopped by with a very neat um, project. I think the neatest thing isn't just project, it's just how you do it. So did you know you can design something with a bunch of Legos and then you can find a place or a person where you can have those Legos sent to you in the mail and then you assemble a thing. What's Super cool, mean? yeah. So it's uh, it's like 3D printing, but um, even better uh, sometimes. BCG came by with keyboards. Um, this was uh, being able to remap devices, put your own firmware in it. Um, it's called Vio, but I think in GitHub it's called like keyboard firmware. Um, we have a link to it in Discord. You can check that out. But if you're interested in making your own keyboard, this had um, Circuit Playground and the key or numpad. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you can check that out. That's the thing. Once you have a keyboard, you're like, I'm going to remap the heck out of it. Cause you're like, Ooh, I want a skip key there. And I'm yeah. like F1, but I don't want F5. Yeah. And all these things allow you, including like the, the open source digital camera that we just, uh, made. We're going to be shipping more of those soon. That's not like multiple you, key rollover. You can make your own keyboard. You can make your own screen. You can make your own mouse. You can make your own. These are all things that it's a good learning experience because everything's kind of sealed up and like, how does this work? Or, um, one of the things I was. I'm not a fan of, but I get it. Um, you get a really cool accessory for your computer, but it requires like this kind of bloated app that's always in your tray. Well, you don't need to do it this stuff. You can just have it, the firmware is on the device and you can take it anywhere. It just shows up as a keyboard. Yeah. So anyways, um, and then um, Tony came by with some martial arts timers. So if you wanted to make your own timer, whether it be like for matches or scores or whatever you wanted to do, neat, neat, First electronics project showed the cool prototype, had all the different pieces, and then just up by with some 3D models and more, some vintage MakerBot ABS um, plastic. Uh, it was really neat to see the models that were printed. This was like a really, one of them was like a beautiful Ariel uh, mermaid. Yeah, and they're like Super some like cool. little anime characters and stuff. Yeah. So um, come on by. Um, we do the show and tell every single week. Um, you could, um, if you're a time traveler, and you want to know what we're doing on a Wednesday? Um, we're very predictable. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, tra time travelers are welcome because yeah. you know exactly where we are, like every Wednesday. Yeah. For the time traveler, you could do you could do a show and tell once a year. For us, it would be once a year. For you, you could just do them all in a row. Um, so, show and share your projects. Um, it can be retro stuff. It can be things that you discover or found. Um, it can be places you're going to. That has something to do with making anything. It doesn't have to be a fruit stuff. Most of the time it isn't. Um, so do come on by and we'll see you on the show and tell. 
next week. We have uh, co-hosts sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's GP. Sometimes it's some of the folks from the Adafruit team. So come on by and say hello and show and share your stuff. Um, speaking of, we do a live show called JP's Workshop. And in JP's Workshop, there's a product pick of the week. Here is this week's highlight broadcast live from the product page. Uh, discount automatically applied. Here is what JP showed off this week. Max 31856 thermocouple amplifier. It is a universal thermocouple amplifier, so it can use all the different types of thermocouple probes. A Feather M4 here, and I've got this nice little display. My ambient temperature right now is 68.2 degrees Fahrenheit. I'll go ahead and plunge that in the icy ice water bath here, and we can see we're getting down to around 37.8 degrees or so. Take that out, and that will rebound, I think, faster if you're not using the metal-ended probe, uh, just because that's got some thermal mass to it. If I grab that with my fingers there, you can see I'm starting to raise that temperature pretty quickly. And then this was some water I boiled for tea earlier, so if I plunge that into there, you can see we're quickly getting up to around 120 degrees or so. Fahrenheit. It is the Max 31856 Universal Thermocouple Amplifier. Okay, and don't forget JP's workshop is tomorrow. And then on Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, deep dive with Tim. Uh, let's do some Python on hardware. Okay, this week is going to be a little differently, Dana. Why? Well, there's an intersection of open source hardware, open source hardware news, Python on hardware, all the stuff we're doing. And um, speaking of nostalgia, because we had folks who saw us 10 years ago doing show and tell, um, I've been covering the open source hardware beat for a long time. And there's new and interesting. covers you at some point. It is. You're trapped in here with me. Um, so uh, in our newsletter, um, we were walking around and Lady Ada was like, hey, uh, did you see the newsletter? I'm like, yeah, I started looking at it. And uh, one uh, link that was in there that Anne put in there that was really neat. So besides MicroPython uh, version 122 out, do check that out. Um, Adafruit's a sponsor, both financially and with our code of MicroPython. We're very proud of that. Go to GitHub and you can sponsor them if you want. We do a yearly donation to keep MicroPython going. It's what we base CircuitPython off of. But um, the article was on TechCrunch, which is a little weird. TechCrunch used to cover uh, hardware a little bit more. And um, this was a surprise for me to see it. Uh, I don't know anyone at TechCrunch anymore. They, they, mm -hmm. Lamore spoke at uh, Crunch Fair. I don't know, what was the name of the Crunch Fair? What was the Tech? What was the Crunch? What was the TechCrunch? Oh, event? yeah. Uh, you were on right before- um, The Genius Guys. The, the Lyric Genius and Bill, uh, Build Blasio, and he was like three hours late. He was really late, but he's really tall. Um, and it was just a quick tech crunch expo or something, yeah, maybe. Or was it like Crunch Fest? I don't know the name of it. Crunchy, it's like cereal, <laughs> Crunch Man, no, uh, Crunchy okay. Man. So, anyways, what are we talking about? well, we're talking about Tech Crunch. Oh, right, so Tech Crunch had an article, and the article was, uh, and I saw this in our newsletter because Arduino has moved to doing more Python on hardware. A million years ago, when Arduino had a uh, dispute between, there was two Arduinos at one point, we were helping the, the good guys um, manufacture Arduinos. And uh, for us, this is very interesting. Um, and then there's this question about what is a clone and counterfeit. So uh, let me go to this. So the article is called, you can go to TechCrunch and search for it, Google, uh, whatever web search you use. Uh, Arduino exploring India manufacturing to limit counterfeit sales. Now, here is my gripe about this article. So this is a rant, maybe? I don't know. This article... I did promise a rant. Th this article, I, I don't think it was on purpose, but this always happens. So at this point, I'm going to say, like, the, the article is basically somewhere saying there's counterfeit Arduinos and that's the problem with India. Uh, so the uh, quote here is, um, in India, there's 3.2 million downloads of the Arduino IDE, but in India, there's that's for Arduino sales, it's less than 1%. And the CEO now of Arduino says, um, 
considers fake Arduino boards the key reason for this discrepancy. Now, the, the problem with saying this is it's open source hardware. Now, if it says Arduino and it's a counterfeit, like it, it says Arduino, they're the Arduino branding. Yeah. That's different than fake boards because then it goes on to say that there's compatibles, there's other Arduinos, but what, and then there's knockoffs from China. The, the problem is it's kind of like, well, blame open source hardware or blame counterfeits or blame stuff. And Lady Ada may have a different or another opinion. So what's not how here's what's not going on in India. There's not full on identical counterfeit trademark infringing Arduinos that are flooding the market in India. It's like ESP 32s and it's yeah. other hardware. Three point yeah. two million downloads. That's what it actually is. And to yeah, of an opinion, which is that. The thing is, there's no way to know because there's no telemetry on what people are actually, yeah, so, which is fine. I don't think there should be telemetry. Well, we we you don't know to, what people are running. So we're, yeah, the other thing is Arduino changed a lot. They, they have venture capital and like we don't, it, Lemore is the, I, we don't know now, but I think the top contributor still to Arduino libraries. But we don't get information about the downloads. We don't get information about what boards are used. Um, we, there used to be that, but I get, get it, companies change. But the thing, when you read this article, and I think this is where Arduino needs to make it really clear. Um, please don't get open source hardware confused with counterfeits because yeah, there's people using Arduino compatibles, but don't call those counterfeits. They're Arduino compatibles, open source hardware. And if you look at what people are actually using, they're not, they're not using, you know, Arduino shaped, you know, 15 year old Arduino designs. In India, they're using things like ESP32. They're downloading the ID for different reasons. It's not a trademark, trademark infringing Arduino. It's an Arduino compatible. And I think that, you know, just saying, oh, knockoffs from China, it, like, it doesn't really help people want to get involved with hardware either. So the other part of this um, is they call them clones. So Arduino says that the company currently sells one original board for every five to six clones in the market. So this is where it gets confusing again. So a clone is different than a counterfeit. So now they're blaming clones. Or compatibles. Or compatibles. Yeah. And it says it's a challenge because we are at open source and make money from selling original hardware. Okay. So the clones and counterfeits are a big chunk of the market. So now the quote is clones and counterfeits. So this is now saying clones and counterfeits are equal. No, they're not. A clone hardware. So Adafruit, at one point, we even had the same like trademark attorney as uh, as Arduino. So there's Adafruit clones. It's great. Tons. It's yeah, fine. I'm on my boards are Adafruit clones. Please, please go and make Adafruit clones. We don't mean put the word Adafruit on the board. That would be an Adafruit counterfeit. Clones are fine. It's compatible. Clones. This is the point of doing hardware and getting it out there, especially to some markets that can't get it. Like Adafruit can't serve India. Um, there's a lot of Arduino clones in India. I'm expecting it to. And I think another thing is, like I said, yeah. we don't have telemetry. We don't know what they're using. I actually have a, an opinion that I don't believe a lot of people are using at Mega 328 compatible. Okay. Maybe there's some. But I think the vast majority are using Wemos, ESP32, and ESP8266 boards yeah. because they're IoT and they're like $2, right? And like, the, the I think the challenge is that that's what people are using and that's not a counterfeit or a clone. It's something that works with the board, yeah. board package capability of the Arduino IDE. So yeah, um, normally I'd write an article, but you know, I, I, I wrote, I just wrote an article not too long ago about the changing faces of open source hardware. And this is kind of the thing I was talking about in my article because it's like, uh, you know, you're conflating things. Please don't do this. So here's the other quote. Arduino is looking to address the problem of fake boards globally by making the hardware more sophisticated, which makes it more difficult to counterfeit. Okay. So there's, there's, there's reasons to add complexity and features, but it seems like if you're adding hardware to make it harder to copy, that's not the mission of education, open source. It's if you're purposely doing it like DRM chips and just like, let's make it so complicated no one can make it. What's the point? The whole point about open source hardware is to make it so other people can also make it. So, um, I mean, I think, I think the innovating constantly is good, but at, like in using sophisticated parts, but I think that there's a little bit of like a miss, there's a mismatch between like, look, you know, make more advanced boards. We want to make more advanced boards, yeah. but like that is not, like, believe me, any single microcontroller board that Arduino or anybody can design, you can send to 
a reverse engineering company and within a week they'll send you a full schematic and we give you CAD files. And on the other hand, they, they release the CAD files for the non-pro series. So it's like, it's a little bit like, you know, so, I think there's a lot of mix and match. Like, for example, they talk about like the Uno R4 that's open source hardware. They released all the files. Yeah. So I, I feel like, you know, and I hate to say it, um, when I wrote about how some companies that were doing open source hardware they take funding, they stop doing open source hardware, they eventually blame open source hardware. Um, one example was Prusa, the 3D printing company. I just saw them on like Hacker News. And people are like, oh, they're, you know, they're not doing open source hardware anymore because there's too many, you know, um counterfeits. Well, no, it's that's not the problem. There's not Prusa counterfeits. There's 3D printing market is really tough. And I was I managed to get some some interview time with um, some of these companies. We're considered a competitor, so often no one wants to talk to me anymore about this stuff, um, even though this is kind of the thing I wrote. But you know, here's an interesting comment just at the end uh, of this TechCrunch article. Um, the person says, as your article observes, Arduino boards are open source. Um, let me, I made it big so I could see it. Let me see here. Boop. Is this the uh... minus key? There's a minus key. There's the minus key. Yes, sir. A tiny keyboard here. The smallest keyboard in the world. Yeah. So the person says, um, as your article observes, Arduino boards are all open source. Um, all hardware and software designs documents are freely available. So calling alternative so sources ripoffs is uh, prejudicial. 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 So that's how I feel is like maybe don't call like you have to be careful with these words because I think people who are interested in doing hardware now are going to be like, I'm just going to there's just going to be counterfeits everywhere. It's different than clones. And then the other thing is, if you have a bunch of funding and your investors are saying, make us money, and maybe it's hard to develop hardware now, you're like, well, all these counterfeits, got to blame the counterfeits. That's not really good um, for all of us. And purposely making the hardware more complex, um, do add features, do add new chips. But if you're making it more complex because you want to try to stop people from copy and pasting, and that's from the article. That's not the mission that we all signed up for. And Arduino is built on open source hardware and open source software. So that's my like mini article that I'm not going to get a chance to, to write. This is important, I think, especially as all of us who do open source see our things now getting put into closed source stuff. So anyways, I hope that Arduino opens up a factory and does open source hardware in India. That's the best solution. They're talking about that. I don't necessarily think that making it more complex and conflating clones and counterfeits is good. This has been going on for years, by the way. And like we've look at our old shows, but please don't confuse people with this because one is trademark infringing. It's a counterfeit. It's using your name. It's pretending to be you. And one's a clone. And that just means it's compatible. Separate those two and, you know, blaming seeing 3.2 million downloads is like lost revenue is not that's not that's not lost revenue that's people downloading an id and they're just using other stuff um because it's open source software so anywho that's the um newsletter and that's the open source hardware news you can sign up for exciting newsletters like this <laughs> that will make you think over on adafruitdaily.com that's where we deliver this okay let's talk about our open source hardware designs lady ada where we have thousands of them and uh, we don't have a lot of new guys. I don't think we have, we don't. We have one new guy. Yeah. And uh, let me get to this. Okay. Yeah. So we're, um, by the way, we're stuck doing open source hardware forever um, yeah. because we said we're going to do it. And there are these videos of us saying do it. And someone would do a super cut of us saying we're doing it. And then and then if we don't, they'll be like, look at look at this 20 hour compilation. So we're 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 stuck. Okay, we did get uh, a guide out for the Adafruit Memento. A bunch of folks are still out on uh, a well-deserved holiday break. Um, we're making more Memento cameras. We're waiting for some camera modules to show up. But if you have one, check out the guide. JP's also writing some pages on it. We also have a guide on using the USB host Featherwing in Arduino with the Max 3421. This is like a classic USB host chip. Uh, but it works very well. And we have teeny USB support for it, which I think is really cool. Uh, eventually, one day, we'll have CircuitPython support for it. Not quite yet, but it's coming soon. And then the Fader Wave synth from JP and the NeoPixel shoelaces. I think those were like two weeks ago, but I don't remember if we talked about them. No. Uh, but another two projects. And we're going to get, you know, people are going to come back in about a week or two. You're going to see more guides after everyone yep. comes back well-rested. 
don't forget, we also have um, Playground. So if you go to learn.adafruit.com, there's a little Playground link. This is where you, anyone, can post your guides and more. This is a really neat thing. This is a wave builder. Construct Synthia wavetable from a list of uh, oscillators. So you can do a two-handed mouse. All the code is there. We allow you to post the code. Um, here is an electric fire day. I would want to try out the uh, the playgrounds if you like yeah. made a pretty big guide. So these are um, we wanted a place online where um, anyone could view the guides that you make. You don't have to have a login. I know a lot of other sites that their advertising model they make you log in or there's ads and stuff. We don't do any of that. We don't do tracking, and it's just a place to publish your projects um, free. All you have to do is go to learn and uh, start publishing. Let's do some factory footage. That's our factory footage. Okay, 3D printing. We have a recap of 2023 that we're going to uh, show. And Pedro did an amazing job on this. And then we're going to do a speed up. So we'll see you on the other side. It's about three, four minutes all together. Take it away. And Pedro.
Okay, and don't forget the code is TPS boost, 10% off any different store. There's free stuff as well. Let's do some on MPI. On MPI brought to you by DigiKey this week. It is Microchip Lady Ada. What is exciting and new from new product introductions? This week. I'm glad you asked. This week, uh, our pick of the beginning of the year is going to be the Picket from Microchip. They have a new Picket 5. So it's the fifth generation. Is that pick? And you know, I've had a pick kit, so this is like I'm, I'm familiar with this device. Um, you know, I bought one a very long time ago to program uh, pick 16 F84 microcontrollers, and uh, they've improved it greatly since then. So this is the fifth generation um, available at Digikey, and it's in stock. Um, so as you might expect, uh, you know, it, it works with MP Lab, MP Lab X, which is I guess the tenth version. The fifth generation adds more and more support for chips. Um, I don't know what generation they added support for ABRs, but one of the nice things is this is one of the few programmers that supports, um, you know, SWD, JTAG, PIC, AVRs, various styles and techniques, um, and uh, different, uh, you know, um, you know, MIPS chips, etc. Uh, it's a very wide range tool. So let's take a look. So inside is a at some e70s so it's like a 300 megahertz uh cortex m7 processor so it's a pretty beefy device it's got bluetooth built in uh, which i'll talk about in a little bit probably a roving networks module um and it can communicate it can it can power the target it can be powered by the target um it's got an sd card and uh various buffers and analog scalers and the thing that's cool about it is like i mentioned it isn't just like an old school um pick you know 16f or 24 or whatever microcontroller it uh programmer uh, or ds pick it's also for the avr series the sam series and the cec series um so you know ever since microchip purchased um atmel like almost 10 years ago eight years ago um they've been slowly integrating avr and atmel chip support into everything and uh they have it here so on the board, there's an 8-pin connector, um, and you see on the left-hand side, like it says 8-pin SIL, that's like a single inline connection. And you kind of pick and choose which pins you're going to use for your debug interface. So you can see like if you're using UPDI, you're going to use, um, you know, reset, uh, VTarget, that's the power of the target, ground, and data. Whereas if you're using, um, you know, AVR JTAG, you're going to use almost all the pins because you have to have TDO, T-Clock, TDI, and TMS, um, but also supports TPI, ISP, PDI, UPDI, and debug wire, which not a lot of programmers support. If you have like an old style, um, you know, Arduino compatible with an Atmega, I think the 328 and the 324 had debug wire support, which I honestly never got using because I never had debug wire debugger. So this is a programmer and debugger. Um, I think this image was drawn in like the mid nineties and they've been <laughs> using it since I've seen this drawing multiple times. Um, so as expected, it supports all the pick chips. It can generate uh, high voltages. Some of them require like the M card pin to go up to 12 volts for high voltage programming. It can do it. And uh, it also, like I said, uh, supports debug wire, um, which is a one wire debugging system. Again, I, I have not used it, although I wanted to, I believe it's supported in the, um, at Mega 328, whatever series. There's also TPI. TPI is used for small AT tiny chips. I've definitely used this. Uh, it only uses like two or three pins, um, data clock and reset. So, like, you know, there's a six pin AT tiny tens or whatever. Um, there aren't enough pins for SPI, so you, you get away with the TPI interface. There's also um, high voltage AV, HVSP, and HVPP. Obviously, you don't usually need this as much unless you like really messed up your microcontroller or you have something like you're using on UPDI programmable chips, which is like the latest AT Tinies. Um, you can use the UPDI pin as a reset pin, but then you have to use high voltage programming mode in order to enable it. Um, you need 12 volts. So yeah, and in this case, uh, it'll generate that 12 volts for you, which is very nice because it's a total pain in the ass uh, to generate and, and create that pulse if you don't have a programmer that supports it. 
I would recommend, uh, I did not purchase the adapter um, and I'm purchasing the adapter now because, uh, you know, if you want to connect all these wires up to your dev board, um, especially if you have JTAG or SWD, there's standard cables and connectors. And this is a little dongle that like plugs into the side of the um, Picket 5 and then gives you all like all the cables and adapters. You can also just craft your own, honestly, but it's handy. Okay, but then the best part about this, the thing that I think is, the thing that makes it the pick of the year, because we just started, so this is the, the best NPI of the year, is the programmer to go ability, which I think is new and is uh, really neat because a common thing that I've bumped into in my life is I need to, I want to give somebody a programmer. I'm like, okay, program all these boards and I don't want them to run MP lab on their computer. Maybe like, you know, I don't want to install it or there's like driver issues. I just want to be like, look, plug this thing in and in the field, you press the button, and it programs in the the flash and the fuses, whatever that you need. And once in a while, you can get like I think uh, Seger has one for SWD, but it's like really really expensive. So this is like a hundred bucks, and it has this little micro SD slot on the back. You can see within MP Lab, you have to generate the program file. So you have to like in MP Lab like create the thing that tells it the chip and the code and the fuses. Blah, blah. But once you have that program file, you put that on the SD card. And then you slot it in, and then if it doesn't connect to USB, you just press the button, um, and there's like an LED strip that tells you what's going on, and it will just program it in the field without a computer as many times as you want, um, super fast and repeatedly. So um, there is an LED strip, and there's like there is a little bit of like feedback of like oh like blinking purple means it's programming, and you know it, it does work um, in the field without a display. However, I will say I would recommend um, they have an iOS and Android app that you can use and it will like give you more information, like if it couldn't connect or there was a failure in verification. And you can also select which file you want to upload to your device. So if you have like multiple programs and multiple different chips, you're like, oh, this is for the AVR or this is for the UPDI, whatever. You select it and then you press program and go. So basically you have like you, know, you can't compile on the on through the app, but you can select which program file you want to upload uh, via Bluetooth. And this is iOS, but there's also Android as well. Available. In stock, you can actually buy it. I can't even imagine how much they had to delay this because the SAMe 70 being Cortex-M7, I'm sure was like very limited during the chip shortage. Um, but we're seeing all, all sorts of hardware reappear. So this just popped up in the DigiKey slash new. Yeah. And I, this is very cool. I'm pretty, I was pretty sore about microchip because it was really difficult, um, dealing with them, the humans, not who were just being a little shifty, um, during the part shortage. So, um, but it's all, lives. but you know, all's forgiven, you know, all's forgiven. it was a crazy night. I know. What do you, you know, like, you know. Happy to have them on here. It was tequila. It's not enough sim. And, uh, what are you going to do? You know, it was desperate times and we all did something. Um, we did get the chips eventually. We did get the chips eventually. It was just, it was, it was desperate. It was, it was, it was. And now that you can get chips. It was grim. It's a perfect time to pick. So, like, everything's pick fine it. now. Love me some microchip. Um, let's uh, play this. This is cheaper than the AVR ice or Atmel ice. So it's like cheaper yeah. than most programmers. You get the Bluetooth on the go programming and it supports the entire family yeah. of chips. What I'm saying is um, it's all fine. And if you live through the chip shortage, we got hit so bad. And even us were like, you know what? It's totally fine, microchip. Sending you a Christmas card. You're back on the nice list. Okay. Um, it's true. Um, let's see a video about it. Let's see a video and then uh, that'll be on API. The PicKit 5 can also program targets without the need for a host computer, using the tool's programmer to go feature. This allows one of several pre-programmed program images to be selected and read from a FAT32 formatted micro SDHC card inserted into the tool. The memory card can be programmed from the MPLabX IDE. In the Project Properties dialog, Go to the PicKit 5 category, then the Programmer to Go option category to set up the programming details. Next, select the Programmer to Go menu item from the Make and Program button. Alternatively, use the IPE application. Enter Advanced Mode.
then choose the required hex file. Select the Settings tab, adjust the programming settings as required, then click the Programmer to Go button to commence programming the card. When using Programmer to Go in the field, power for the PicKit 5 can often be obtained from the target hardware, so typically only a connection from the tool to the target is required. Remote programming is initiated by pressing the button under the PicKit logo. Press and hold this same button to reset the PicKit 5 in case of error or after inserting a new memory card. Okay, we're going to jump right into new products after we do the code. Yep. TPS boost. Use it or lose it. Okay, lady, let's do it. That works. This engineering thing doesn't work out. There's always your singing career. Lady Ada, what the baby is baby loves my the, singing. What is the new Somebody here products of the week this week? Uh, okay, we've got the tiniest LEDs known to man. Uh, they come in a pack of 50 because they are so small. This is one millimeter by one millimeter NeoPixel LEDs. Um, but a photographer is great at macro photography. Look at this like beautiful photo. That's nice. uh, you can see the little bonded LED in the green, red, and blue dyes. Um, they are NeoPixels. So on the bottom, there's four pads. Um, and you provide power, ground, data in, data out. You can chain them. They're extremely tiny. They, you know, they're fairly bright. They draw 5 milliamps per. Um, I will say, you know, having used these, if you're going to place a ton of them, like dozens on a PCB, you do have to provide some heat sinking somehow. So like the back should be a copper ground plane that you know, tries to dissipate some of that uh, heat away because, um, you know, if you're especially, especially if you're powering them from five volts, you're drawing, you know, five volts and 15 milliamps for all the LEDs. And before you know it, you know, the, the, the density makes them uh, heat up quite a bit, but they're tiny and they're cute. And we have them in a strip, cut tape strip of 50 pieces. Um, not hand solderable, I would use either hot plate or hot air, but even hot air is tough because again, they're so small, they'll blow away. Next up, um, a little handy USB switch. We were gonna use this for a project. Um, so you have one USB port and you have two devices and you want to switch between two different devices, like what would connect to the USB port as the peripheral, you want a mux. Um, so this is what it is. Uh, so if you go to the first photo. So on the top and the bottom is the USB host connection. So it's ground, D minus, D plus, and five volts. And there's a USB-C port uh, with the 5.1K um, resistors required to kind of make it a standard USB 2.0 port. And then um, by default, port one is connected, but then if you flip, I think S is pulled low by default. If you pull it high, port two is connected. And then if you pull it low, port one is connected. You flip back and forth as much as you want. Um, there's a uh, switch inside, a little chip in the middle that is designed for USB two, 480 megabit per second speed. So it's, you know, can be used with video devices and high speed USB devices. Um, it doesn't cut power, which is, a pro or con just something to watch out for some that's a great feature this is not what i want <laughs> yeah it depends if you want something that cuts the power this is not it it will switch only the data lines which means your devices stay powered but they have to know that they're being re-enumerated and i will say that some microcontrollers depending on the usb stack will not re-enumerate so if you are you know i've sound like you know i switched like a ftdi chip and a usb stick like a, a key um data key those worked fine because they recognized, oh, the data lines went away and then they came back and they re-enumerated and came on. But like, uh, you know, I think I had like a Trinky and it didn't. Um, so what you'll want to do is if you have a microcontroller and you're running your own USB stack, either add code to detect that you lost USB connection and re-enumerate, or you'll want to also connect that like the S pin or whatever that's controlling the S pin, also reset the microcontroller to tell it, hey, I want you to kick again, start over and uh, try re-enumerating USB because a lot of them, you know, will only really try the USB connection at the beginning. Again, for mic controllers, for a lot of like, you know, mice, keyboard, you know, USB serial adapter, they're gonna be fine because they're all using hard-coded yeah. uh, USB interfaces that will reconnect when the data um, resets. So um, maybe handy, it's not a hub, it's a switch, one or the other. Okay, and the... Start a show besides you, Lady Ada, our team, our customers, our community, everyone who does open source hardware and shows and shares things is 
this cute TPS 61040 booster. Um, I use this chip in a lot of our OLED and TFT displays uh, when I have to generate a 12 volt signal or even higher. Uh, it's adjustable. Um, the, the chip is adjustable. This breakout is not. Um, again, I use it for OLEDs. Sometimes if I have, you know, a lot of LEDs in a row, it's not a very powerful booster. You're only going to get like 40, 50 milliamps, maybe a little bit more if you give it five volts. And you can only give it three, like 2.8, whatever, to six volts input. It'll boost up to 12 volts. And sorry, the input is two to six volts. Output is 12 volts. Again, you know, 40 to 80 milliamps or so. Um, not very powerful, but it's inexpensive and small and simple. And, you know, again, when you don't need, a, you don't need a lot of current. For example, I talked about high voltage programming microcontrollers earlier. Sometimes you just need a 12 volt signal on the reset line to tell it, hey, you know, I'm putting you into this high voltage programming mode. I want you to kick out of whatever, you know, setup you're in and permit me to do high voltage programming or you're programming EEPROM and you need to power it from 12 volts, but you don't need more than 50 milliamps. This will work just fine. It's a lot easier than getting your own separate 12 volt power supply. It's a little handy mini booster. Um, again, I use this chip a lot to replace the fan 5331, uh, which is no longer made. I think we chatted about this on a great search because I need to find a replacement. Um, so I'm going to use this all the time because I'm always like, I need 12 volts for something. Uh, and this board will supply. Not as new products. New, 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 new. <laughs> All right, you can use that code. Now it would all make sense. TPS Boost, TPS. there's also the free stuff there. Um, you can post up your questions. I got a bunch lined up over on Discord. Yep. However, we're going to show the top secret um, while you're doing that, and then we're going to answer questions. Then we're going to bounce. Here we go to top Be secret. Right All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, Happy New Year. This is a design that actually I did a while ago and I made a mistake. I accidentally placed a like 100 ohm resistor instead of a 100k resistor. Um, so these were remade, repaired. So this is a TPS61040, which is a little boost converter I use for OLED boards to generate the 12 volt bias. Uh, and I thought it would be nice as a little breakout board so you can just give it like two to six volts and it'll give you 12 volts at like, you know, 40, 50 milliamps or so. So not enough to like drive a ton of LEDs, but enough just to kind of like Oh, you know, I have a 3.3 volt logic thing. And I need 12 volts. So this is the tester. I've got a little load uh, switch, 120 ohms and a resistor divider. And then I just use this uh, Arduino code to test it and it's passing. So we're going to get this into the shop real soon. All right, Lady Data, what is this? This is the 3.5 inch 480 by 320 TFT capacitive touch feather wing. And last we checked, uh, I had to revise this because see this bar PCB uh, it's in the way because it's uh, squishing the capacitive touch chip. So revision B came out and then I pulled this down a bit. Uh, so now you see there's plenty of clearance. Uh, this just goes, this is what just came down basically like a tenth of an inch. Uh, but now this is good to go. And I wrote the final test for this, which reads from the SD card. And then uh, you can do a little touch check here. And it's multi-touch. So you see you can have up to five fingers at the same time. Um, so there's a little bit more gap here, but otherwise this is good to go. So I'm going to book this uh, board and then you can plug in any feather and get like a really beautiful capacitive touch display with 480 by 320 pixels. So coming soon. Early data was this. This is a tester for the TS USB 30 breakout I made. So this is at one to two mux. So basically you have USB host here or here, you know, breakout or USB-C. And then you can select with the S pin, whether you're connected to port two or port one. So you can basically have one hardware connector and then two electrical connections. So you can swap between two devices on, you know, one USB connection, which is kind of neat. It's not a hub, it's a switch. So you do one or the other. And here's a little tester. So what I did is I have, this is like a FTDI cable. And then I also have like a Metro with a uh, different FTDI chip. And then this is the USB port connection um, that goes to here. And this is an RP2040, which we have native USB host support. So when you plug it in, it does an enumeration check and it, uh, you know, verifies. You can even see it's resetting the board. Uh, but this works. So you can switch between the two and it's going to be in the store real soon. All right, Lady Data, what's this? This is um, a tester that I made, uh, the new one for the Max 3421E. We actually had a tester I showed off earlier, which uses a ESP32-S2 TFT. But now, uh, you know, I like using a Metro-style testers. This is a 
um, M0 because I need something that's teeny USB support. And then what I do is I plug in this FTDI cable. So this will enumerate as an FTD, FTDI device. And then um, I plug it in and I reset the board and it will check that enumeration uh, completed and it finds the FTDI chip and that means the USB works and all the pins work. Uh, you can also see I'm testing uh, five volt on and off selection. Uh, but this is good. So this is just an easier tester than the uh, display-based one. So it's a little bit more automated. So this is uh, ready to be updated and I can recycle that old tester for something else. What early data was this? This is a Feather NRF52840 jam-packed with sensors. We've got RGB and light and humidity and temperature and a neopixel and gyro and accelerometer, magnetometer and PDM microphone and I don't know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, some SBI flash here. And then, uh, you know, of course, a blue fruit chip that can run Arduino or CircuitPython. So this is the Feather Sense, which has been out of stock for like many years due to part shortages. Um, but I just redesigned it to use all parts I can get. And then I'm also updating the tester so we can get these back in stock. Um, so the tester has been Picoified. So used to be with the TNC36, but the TNC36 is unavailable because the chip is no longer being manufactured. Uh, so it's got updated to use the NRF52840, uh, sorry, the uh, RP2040. Uh, it does program over SWD. It does take a while because it's a really big demo program that like tests all the sensors. But then, hold on, I have to, yeah, there you go. Tester complete in about 22 seconds. Uh, it tests all the sensors and it's ready to go. So we'll get this back into the shop real soon. All right, Lidita, what is this? You might say, hey, you should get a clue, but you should get two clues. And this mm. is actually a revision. So this one, you see here, it's got this square LSM6 DS33 that got discontinued. So this is the LSM6DS3TR, which is very similar, but not quite identical gyro accelerometer. So I revised this board uh, to now use this part and pretty much all the other components are the same as I think the flash chip also changed. And then I updated the test software. So this is the old test program. This is the original clue that's in the store. Passes tests, good to go. And then this is the new version with the updated code that now looks for the LSMDSTR. Also passes tests, so both are good. Uh, this is a revision, I'm gonna order it and we'll get it into the store. It's been out of stock for quite a while, so I'm very excited to see this product back in stock. We were clueless, now we're not. Yes. <laughs> All right, and then uh, here's a couple designs that yeah. uh, you were showing me. What are the? This is well, this is one design, just two renderings, but this is a like a Cutie Pie BFF, but it's for DC power. So it's a a, a DC a two point one millimeter barrel jack or terminal blocks, and there's an NPM thirty six one ten, which we have a breakout for. It's a really nice little buck converter. So up to twenty volts input it'll bucket down to five volts, like one amp. Um, and it's a perfect little converter. And honestly, we bought a wheel of them. I gotta get through them. So this is, yeah. okay. this is the board that'll let me uh, get through those chips. That's absolutely great. Okay, we have a bunch of questions lined up. We are going to zoom on through these. Yeah. Okay, first up, um, have you seen the MicroPython web library framework from the creator of Flask, uh, micro.readedocs.io? I it did. Runs CircuitPython. It well, doesn't run CircuitPython yet, but it's something that we're going to look at. Although if you're interested in doing that work, a lot of people have, sorry, nobody has offered to do it yet. Um, there might be some porting required uh, to get it running, but I'm sure it's possible. And, you know, you could have it running on a wide variety of hardware. It'd be cool. Um, next up, is there a robot kit that you would recommend for a kid eight to nine age? Uh, yeah, so check out, so iRobot, they had an education group and it's still there, um, even though I think iRobot is now owned by Amazon or whatever, and there's like some things like that. But um, the education group has this thing called Root. It was a company that iRobot acquired and it's a really neat whiteboard uh, drawing robot that teaches coding and everything. I'd start off with that, then check out Sphero stuff and then see like, how much of the physical stuff robots like there's so much that have to go into just to get it to move that getting the programming down and being able to do something first just really builds that momentum for skills so check it out it's one of the ones that we uh, like quite a bit on the usb switch what are the host pads for um those are if you don't want to use the usb-c connection because it's like embedded inside of a case and you have some other usb port 
this one I know is meant to be funny, but I'll ask anyways. Can we PWM that S pin to rapidly switch between USB devices? You can, but your host controller <laughs> will be very sad. Um, someone wants to know if our products are available in the Philippines. Yeah. Go to the distributor page yeah. and then not only we actually have a Philippine uh yeah, yeah and you can and you can also go to our distributors. We like DigiKey. DigiKey ships to the Philippines. Of course. Yeah. Um can you briefly explain how an array works? Well, an array in like C or Python or something is it's a big Python. Python? Yeah. Well, um, so an array is a, a way of, of having a, a group of multiple numbers or objects, and they're like one after the other. So it's like an array because it's like array means one, two, three, four, infinity. And um, arrays are really handy because you can usually perform one action on all the data at once. Um, like, for example, an image is an array of all the pixels, and then, you know, there's all the pixels across, all the pixels down. So it's like width times height times pixels is all the... Um, is, is all the data in an image and that's how like image recognition and transfer is done okay if someone wanted to learn about soldering what are some of the good guides uh, resources and more out there we have the collins guide to soldering which is really yeah. good nasa believe it or not has an excellent really uh, free good. resource we've linked to it many many times on our yeah. blog and more um i would say also search the adafruit blog because we catalog all the resources yes. and links you can and, never have too many songs. Yeah. And with that, I think we got through all of them. Happy timing, just on time. Right on the dot. Okay. Say. So that is our show this week. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this first Ask an Engineer of 2024. We very much appreciate it. The code is TPS Boost. Uh, we'll be here next week, unless something comes up. But we're here for over like 10 plus years now. Um, 10 years ago, I know where I was. Yeah, and we know exactly where we were. 10 years ago? Yeah. I think I know where we we'll probably have more gray hair. But yeah. We'll so here. thank you so much, everyone. This has been an Adafruit production. Here is your moment of Zener. Good night, everybody. Happy New Year.